Welcome to the podcast here on Tuesday, January 14th. I'm Connor Green. And yesterday we had the national championship game. LSU tops Clemson 42-25 to as they are the national champions. And once again, Joe Burrow was absolutely spectacular. He scores six total touchdowns en route to the national championship, throws for 463 yards, and cements himself as the number one pick in next year's draft. He will undoubtedly be taken by the Cincinnati Bengals, who are dying for a quarterback to turn around their franchise. And to me, this is one of those examples of don't judge a book by its cover. When Ed Orgeron was hired as the LSU head coach, a lot of people laughed. A lot of people scoffed at the idea that he'd be able to take LSU and bring them to a national championship and turn that team around. And when you hear Ed Ogeron talk, you don't exactly see somebody who you would think would be at the head of a revolutionary offense that would dominate college football like this. You would think Coach O would be someone that would have a great defense, would have those kinds of interviews where he talks about ground and pound and defensive play. But one of the first things he did when he got hired was bring in a new offensive coordinator and bring in guys that he knows can turn around this offense. And one of those guys was Joe Brady, who was 30 years old, who helped install this offense along with Steve Ensminger the offensive coordinator, and LSU, who has traditionally been a great defensive team, was one of the best offenses we have ever seen in college football. And Coach O surrounded himself with the right people. And you know, Reese Davis was talking about this yesterday. A lot of people discount how smart Coach O is because when you hear him talk, you don't really think of a guy who's brilliant just because of the way he speaks. He has that grovelly voice. He's got a southern accent. And I don't think a lot of people look at him the same way you would look at some of these other offensive or head coaching geniuses around football. But Coach O is one of the revolutionary minds in college football. He surrounded himself with really, really smart people. And the result you got was a 42-25 to win for LSU. And what it really boils down to, LSU's great, Clemson's great, but the difference in the game was the quarterback play. Joe Burrow had 463 yards. He ran for 58 yards. He was spectacular throughout the night. And Clemson just had no answer from quarters three through four, or rather two through four, for the LSU offense. They had no answer for Joe Burrow. They had no answer for the running game. LSU moved the ball at will, especially in the second quarter. And where Joe Burrow was great, Trevor Lawrence struggled. He overthrew tons of receivers. He had 15 overthrows in total in the game. 18 for 37 with a QBR of 38. The difference in this game was Trevor Lawrence did not play that well. Joe Burrow was great throughout. 
And this doesn't mean that Trevor Lawrence was exposed or that next year teams will employ the same kind of game plan against Lawrence. The reality is LSU's defense is just really, really good. And this LSU team in general is unbelievably talented across the board and has arguably the best cornerback play, the best secondary play in the sport. And when Coach Orgeron was hired, people laughed, people made fun of his voice, they didn't think they would be in the top 10, they didn't think that Coach O would turn the team around. So many people said this was a bad hire or only a temporary hire. And this year, they won seven games against top 10 teams. They go 15-0. and And not only do they win the national championship, they win the national championship and have what was one of the most dominant seasons in the history of college football. That's how good they were in 2019 and 2020. Completely dominant in the national semifinal against Oklahoma. Joe Burrow was unstoppable in that game. And then in the national championship, they showed you the kind of heart they have going down by 10 points. And early on, Clemson defensively is stifling LSU. They're moving the ball on offense, and you're saying... This is that same Clemson team that has won 29 games in a row. And as good as LSU is, Clemson right now is dominating and might run away with it. That's what you thought when it was 17-7. to Because you've seen that same script so many times over the last few years where Clemson just gets out in front and they run away with games. You saw it in the national championship last year against Alabama. Dabo Sweeney is so good at getting his team ready to go, and it looked very similar in this game early on against LSU. But then you saw the heart of a champion, and you saw the confidence of Joe Burrow, which is one of the reasons why he's going to be the number one overall pick. You can call him a little bit cocky. He got his uh, ring measurement before the game even started. You can call him a little cocky. Maybe he's a little bit arrogant, but he's confident. And there was no panic on the sideline. There was no worry from the LSU side. They knew as long as they went out and they executed, they'd be able to come back in the game, and that's exactly what happened. We saw a team bear down in the face of a 10-point deficit in the national championship against a team that had not lost in two years. And LSU was able to fight back and wound up winning in blowout fashion, 42-25. to A credit to Coach Orgeron, a credit to Joe Burrow, and a credit to that coaching staff for putting together an offense that allowed Joe Burrow to break the all-time passing touchdown record for a quarterback in college football. A guy who was a transfer, couldn't start at Ohio State. Nobody thought he was going to be an NFL prospect when he went to LSU, was not on anybody's draft board. And his talent 
along with the game planning of the LSU staff, allowed him to have arguably the greatest season for a quarterback in college football history. The only guy to me that compares right now would be Cam Newton when he was with Auburn. But outside of that, in terms of pure passing numbers and pure passing talent, Joe Burrow had the greatest season for a college football quarterback in a long, long time. And it might not be duplicated again for a long, long time. Coach Orgeron, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't look at him and hear his voice and say, this guy is just some southern country guy. He doesn't know anything about how to put together a modern offense. Don't look at Joe Burrow and say, well, you know, he's a transfer. If Ohio State didn't want him, then I can't imagine he's all that good. Don't judge a book by its cover because this LSU team not only had success this year, they had arguably the greatest season in the history of college football. Now we turn to the Astros cheating scandal and major news breaks yesterday. Jeff Lunau, A.J. Hinch, both suspended for one season, which a lot of people didn't think the punishment would be that severe, and they both get a one-year suspension. And not only that, but they were later fired in the day after the news broke by Jim Crane, the owner. And Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch are no longer with the Houston Astros. Which, if you're a Yankee fan, you're jubilant about. Because Jeff Lunau was the architect behind this amazing Astros run the last couple of years. Because it's easy to forget that the Astros were the worst team in baseball not that long ago. Jeff Lunau gets in there, he brings in A.J. Hinch, and the Astros become, you could argue, the premier team in baseball. And the Yankees just could not get past them in 2017 and last year either. And then in the offseason this year, the Yankees go and get Garrett Cole from Houston. And now A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau are both gone. Which doesn't mean the Astros are going to really necessarily feel the pain this season. But when you're talking about building a consistent winner in baseball, you need a great general manager to lead your team. The Yankees have been great for all these years because Brian Cashman has done a spectacular job year in and year out of putting together this Yankee team. You need somebody who's the architect who will put together a winning team. And where the Astros will feel the pain is in the next few years, where if you don't bring in somebody who's as talented as Jeff Lunau, which is going to be really hard to find, the Astros are going to struggle to have this level of success moving forward, which really opens up the American League for the Yankees, who are already the most talented team in the AL. And then the additional news is, it basically broke that Alex Cora was the brainchild behind this entire cheating scandal. So not only is this cheating scandal going to tear apart 
the Astros front office and get their manager fired and their general manager fired. But it's also very likely going to get Alex Cora fired. Because if A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau got one year, and A.J. Hinch was reported to not even like the fact that they were doing what they were doing, then you would have to imagine, and the reports are that he will, Alex Cora, get a much more severe penalty than A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. And how much more severe can you get than a one-year suspension? People are talking about the possibility of a lifetime ban. People are talking about the possibility of a multiple-year suspension. And all those things are on the table. Nobody knows what baseball is going to do, and they are obviously distraught with this entire scandal because after the steroid era, baseball is now very sensitive to any sort of cheating scandal because of all the backlash they faced after the steroid years, that Alex Cora is going to get slammed by Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. There is no doubt about it. He's probably going to get a multi-year suspension. I don't necessarily think he's going to get a lifetime ban. I think that's a little bit over the top. But if he gets a multi-year suspension, there's no doubt that the Red Sox are going to have to fire him. You can't have a manager on hold for multiple years, even if it's only two years. And the Red Sox also don't want to be associated with this. So Alex Cora is going to be fired by the Red Sox. And in this situation, I understand that baseball has to do what they did. Because we can sit here and say there's no way the Astros are the only team that's going out and doing these things. You would have to imagine there's other teams that have at least thought about or considered doing what the Astros did. But nobody else has gotten caught, and you could argue a lot of other teams didn't think it was worth the risk where the Astros and later the Red Sox did with Alex Cora. So you can't really say, well, everyone's doing it because we don't know that everyone's doing it. And not every team would be willing to risk everything like the Astros did and Alex Cora did to get this result. So baseball had no choice, even if there are other teams that have at least thought about doing this or maybe dabbled in it a little bit, they weren't caught. So baseball had no choice but to heavily punish the two teams that were caught in this scandal. They had no choice. But it is crazy to think about Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. He got one year as part of Bounty Gate, which was put together to essentially pay players to hurt opposing players. And he only got one year. Now, the Astros cheated, but you would say going out to purposely hurt players on other teams is a much more severe thing than just trying to get an advantage in a game. But in the end, baseball had no choice because after the steroid era, they cannot tolerate another scandal to rock their sport. And so their punishments are severe. The Astros have felt it. And now Alex Cora is going to feel it in the upcoming days. 
Well, that wraps up the podcast here on Tuesday, January 14th. Again, I'm Connor Green. We'll be back later in the week to talk about the NFL championship playoff, the two championship games on Sunday, Chiefs versus Titans, and we also have a big matchup in the NFC between the Packers and the San Francisco 49ers.